COVID happiness. How can you stay centered, focused, and dare we say happy during these tumultuous times this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder? Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that continues to tackle the toughest topic in the world, and that is COVID-19. And this week, we are kind of excited to share with you once again how we're staying sane and happy and, dare we say, dealing with some of the stressors that we're all dealing with right now with clients and curbside and yelling and all that stuff. How are we keeping it all together? And hopefully this will give you some tricks and tips and advice on how you can make your team a little more COVID happy. But before we get into that discussion, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you did it again. Despite (laughs) your moratorium on COVID-19, you said, you know what? I really think we need to focus on something happy about (laughs) COVID-19. So we said, how can we kind of keep our sanity during this? I mean, that's so I'm putting this on you. Sorry. I just was sitting here while you were saying that and thinking about if you put COVID and happy together, you get crappy. <laughs> and that That's is nice. Really how our days seem to be anymore is crappy. And so we want to go from like this COVID unhappy crappy to being happy and, and, and getting the joy back in our day to day in this time that I feel like we've almost just like sitting in this rut of misery. Yeah, and it is a rut of misery. And viewfinders, just so you know, uh, Becky actually had a serious injury this past week. <laughs> so she is actually on the mend. She, well, Becky, just tell everybody what happened. Frankly, I'm just pushing 40. And so I just, I don't know, sneezed too hard or something, tore the meniscus in my knee. Um, and so I do have to say, though, again, we're spinning everything positive this week. And the positive is my husband's here to help take care of me in this time where I'm like, cannot do anything and to chase me around and say, like, you have a brace for a reason. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of mopey, but it's part of why I really want to focus on the good, because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, it's almost just like too much. Right. Like 2020 has just got no chill. Right. It it does seem like too much. And I think that any discussion on how to cope and maintain happiness and satisfaction and joy in life really has to come back to the foundation of health. And I think that it's very, very easy, Becky, during these times to sort of let yourself go a little bit in terms of diet, in terms of what your nutrition looks like, in terms of activity, exercise, aerobics, you know, all those kinds of things. Self-care is really beyond just a spa day, which I guess most spas are still closed around the country. So Becky, what are some of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis to kind of make sure that you're laying that good foundation for health, which then allows you to extend into your attitude about the world? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you get caught up in this. You get caught up in this negativity. You get caught up in this frustration. And it's super easy to do, right? Like our, our, our brains are so adept at like living and coping, but they're really easy to trick and they're really easy to just kind of fall into things. So there is, you know, proof that when people around you are depressed, you get depressed too. There's proof that when people around you as couples are fighting, you and your spouse will start fighting more. So we have energy exchanges all day long. And right now, what I know is the energy exchanges at work where we spend most of our time all day, every day are getting really intense and really negative. And I think that I just am like, hey, guys, we got to like actually stop 
and start making a concentrated, mindful effort to um, like I'm like sitting here thinking about like uh, we have to all become like anime and like, just <laughs> blast away the bad guys with your Sailor Moon powers or, or whoever you are like. It's it's like a visual you've got to start black, just blocking the negative bad stuff. Right. And for me, the shield begins with restorative rest. And you know that I am a big sleep fan. Uh, I think that sleep is actually one of the secrets to creativity, focus, longevity, of course, and just energy, if you will. So I really want you guys to focus today, tonight, tomorrow, the next week on your restorative sleep. Now, it's no secret. I've been a big fan of sleep trackers for many, many years since they first came out. I, you know, I used to famously wear the old original headbands. My wife and I were very romantic, but you know, we were measuring our brain waves you know, 20 years ago to see where we were in sleep cycles. But today, it's as easy as a ring. I continue to wear the Aura ring. We're in the second version of it. It's a fantastic device. O-U-R-A, if you're not familiar with it, definitely check it out. But this gives me a, a very detailed you know, tracking of my sleep each night. And so it gives me a score and tells me like how much REM and deep and, and light sleep and so forth. And it really does help you as far as spotting trends. I also use the Aura from Withings, which is A-U-R-A, which is a little pad that goes underneath my uh, mattress. And that gives me also similar metrics. But regardless of the, the whatever tracking device you use, I encourage you to start to look at your sleep because Becky, if you wake up tired, you're going to be cranky and that's not going to fortify you to deal with that client who comes in in a bad mood. Yeah, I mean, good self-care equals good patient care. So even if you have a hard time making excuses for taking care of yourself, one thing we've like preached about forever is you will be a better employee, a better manager, a better caretaker, a better spouse, a better mom, whatever it is you feel like you're taking away from when you're providing for yourself you are being better for all of those people. And we have to switch the mindset. And we also have to help take care of each other the same way. Yeah. And I know it's really easy viewfinders to say, I don't have time to get eight hours of sleep or whatever it is that you need. And all of us slight, have slightly different you know, needs. But the reality is, if you don't take that level of self-care, kind of everything else falls apart. Because if you think that, well, wow, if I get a massage once a month, and again, I'm guessing most of massage places are closed still throughout the United States. But regardless, you that's not sufficient. You can't just like do self-care once every blue moon. Like you need to focus on, you know, I like to do the things that I can do every day that I can control. And sleep is one of those things. And yes, it requires sacrifices. Yes, you may miss your favorite show. Yes, you may even have to sort of tidy up, you know, on the weekends and your house gets a little disorganized. But I'm telling you of all the things that you can do to help with your mental state and your physical state, it is restorative rest. So I, I, like this is a really good foundation to start with, right? Because rest is very foundational. And it's a term called sleep hygiene, if you're not familiar yeah. with it. And it's something I'm learning more and more about. Um, you know, it's something we learn about when you have a husband with PTSD who doesn't sleep for no fault of his own, um, how to try to create patterns. And the amazing, brilliant Monique Fairchild, who's been on here before, talks about operant conditioning. You can even create operant conditioning for yourself around sleep. And so when you create a solid sleep routine, um, and, and this is everything from like she has the same playlist, she has the same sense, she goes to the same routine. You teach your brain it's time to go to sleep. We're on our way. And if you are somebody who has a hard time going to sleep or doesn't make a pattern, this is something you can put into place as an actionable item to 
you know, start working on right away. Yeah. And again, each of us has our own specific, as the, now the medical community is calling it, a chronotype because we basically have different biorhythms and needs and different people have different sleep habits or hygiene, as Becky is saying. It's really important, though, I think, to understand what makes you the best. And so for me, I know very clearly exactly the type of sleep I need, how much deep and light sleep, REM sleep, of course, you know, all those things to make me feel fueled for the day. So again, viewfinders. If you're dealing with a lot of stress at work or in your home, or of course, we're all dealing with stress in life, sleep is the foundation. The next thing though, Becky, really comes back to our daily nutrition. And look, I mean, this is what I'm known for, but the reality is what we put in our mouths, what we fuel our bodies with has direct impact on our emotional states. And Becky, I think a lot of times we really overlook that. Well, I all of our, you know, nutrition fans out there are like, yes, it's it's the foundation of every department in the hospital. Right. If you are thinking about it, all of our patients, if they're not eating, they're dying. So um, and, you know, um, I had a conversation with um, Benita Altier not too long ago, and she was talking about how, like, when an animal stops eating, it's it's like, you know, they would rather die (laughs) than eat. And that is. That is truly, if you think about it, food is life in this case, and you are what you eat. And that, you know, it does make a big difference. Um, And I think we struggle a lot because we have these crazy hours. Um, You know, we work crazy hours. There's no guarantee we're going to be able to eat. There's some kind of like, you know, pride thing associated with not taking a lunch or the work's not set up to take a lunch. So um, it is an area we have to put some conscious effort in. I think we get a lot of excuses to get in our way, right? So we say things like, I can't afford to eat healthy. I don't have time to eat healthy. Um, There are a lot of quote unquote excuses. And for me, I think that this is really where, um, you know, cognitive behavioral changes, you really have to make an effort. Oh, absolutely. And look, you know, it's no secret also, I've been a fan of intermittent fasting for the last 20 years. It, It fits with my lifestyle. So I will say first and foremost, if you are interested in these types of behaviors, habits, eating, you know, patterns, you have to first of all say, does it actually work in my life? And for me, being a person who gets up very early, who typically does uh, workouts, you know, very early, you know, intermittent fasting just made sense. And so, you know, I also go to bed early. I also eat, you know, when I get home. So those are all the things that just, it works well. So I'm on a 16-8 pattern and I've just, I sort of fell naturally into that. Again, getting back to what is my lifestyle like? What are my needs? And that's, that's, you know, how we do it. And obviously we didn't raise our children on intermittent fasting, but, you know, Laura and I largely largely just sort of fell into this as young adults. And of course, now as old adults, we still persist. So I would encourage you to A, look at eating patterns, because this can also set you up for some very unhealthy eating patterns where you like are reaching for a bag of potato chips or chocolate chip cookies or donuts or whatever it may be. Accessibility is also really important. So I would encourage you at your clinic setting right now, don't just always get fast food. Don't always ask for donuts or whatever. I know that sounds great. And that's what we're craving when we're under stress because that's a cortisol response. But the reality is I'd much rather fuel you with healthy vegetables or, you know, low carbohydrate types of foods. I mean, I'm not going to get into my personal food philosophy. I mean, I'm a longtime vegetarian vegan, but the reality is, you know, I'm really trying to be mindful of what I'm eating because it's when we get into that mindless eating, Becky, you know, we're just like reaching for whatever's there. That's really what sets us up for habits that then have profound impact. Well, and I think COVID's like the worst, right? We're right. bored. I've <laughs> only because my husband doesn't listen. Can I, can I say, 
you know, I'm working in my office and it's like every two hours he's like over to the kitchen, just like opening the cupboard, opening the fridge. I'm like, are you hungry or are you bored to death? So, you know, I think COVID is making it worse. The stress, the boredom, um, you know, and then you guys out there that are working your tails off in the clinic right now and getting yelled at, you're coming home and this cortisol dump is like, hello, chocolate. You know, at least I know for me, if I spend all day getting yelled at, being stressed out, having all the things that you guys are talking about out there going on right now, we really just truly want to help give you some mindful techniques to, to, you know, not come home to that bowl of pasta and then feel really sad about it later. If you're feeling really good about that bowl of pasta, guys, do it. If that's your jam and and, and you well, have no regrets and you don't feel like a, a slug later, then <laughs> there you go. Then that's... that is your happy. Eat that pasta. But we're talking about the things that make you feel really crappy that we are doing to ourselves in this moment because there's just a lot of crappy. The theme of this this entire podcast. <laughs> crappy. That's right. Crappy 19. So uh, which is crappy 20. But uh, it reminds me of that. Uh, what you said, Becky, was that old Jim Gannigan, uh, the comedian, his uh, act on Hot Pockets. She was like, I've never felt good after eating a Hot Pocket. Ever. Right? <laughs> Ever. So so it, that's really another barometer that I use about fueling myself and rest and so forth. If I feel better after something, then that's the type of biofeedback I'm looking for. So if you eat a Hot Pocket and you feel like crap, it should tell you I shouldn't eat a hot pocket, right? Because that is a clear signal. All right. So moving on beyond rest and nutrition, uh, it also hydration. I mean, we can't have a discussion about fortifying your mental state against yelling clients and trying to stay happy during a pandemic if you're not properly hydrated. And I think too many Americans in particular uh, just don't drink enough water, Becky. I mean, so I'm sitting here looking at a giant Camelback water bottle, the podium water bottle, one of my favorites, um, you know, and it's constantly full. And, you know, we we have a, our own little, you know, look, I drink alkaline water. I've, I'm kind of that freaky guy out here with all the health stuff. But the reality is, you know, I'm constantly drinking water and, and you know, our kids, they pick up this habit. They're constantly drinking water. So we're not reaching for sugary soft drinks or whatever. I mean, Becky, hydration, how how are you staying hydrated? I mean, I just keep it in front of me. Okay. So um, I'm going to monologue here for a second, guys. I have an accountability partner. Her name is Chrissy. She's a good friend of mine. And on Mondays, we kind of check in with a text message. What's going on with life? How are we doing? And for her and I, the last couple of weeks for me, it has been, I need to hydrate. It's on my vision board. It's everywhere I go because I am terrible at it. Let me tell you a story about having a five-gallon water dispenser in my house, and I'm still all, like, dry over here. Every time, you know, I put on lotion, it's like, so I don't know what that sound's going to sound like on a podcast, (laughs) but that's what my skin does. But so I've been working on this. um, So work with me, everybody out there. Go on this journey with me. I got a a new water bottle. Um, It says uh, sassy by birth, salty by choice. And it's one of those that's like tells you how much you should drink and when, you know, and like keeps you going throughout the day. But having like a really fun water bottle that I like and um, it has some like accountability on it. But having an accountability partner are are two of the things I've done to try to get better about this because I'm not going to lie to you, Dr. Ernie, I'm actually really bad at the hydration thing. And we know when you feel low energy, when you feel hungry, when you have a headache, water is like 110% the thing we should be going to. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you guys just a page right out of my Ironman coaching and Ironman competition days. Uh, I would say if you're feeling tired, sluggish on the, on the race or on, on training day, whatever, if you're feeling tired, drink. 
if you're still tired, eat. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, but the first thing is hydration because that is a signal. Your body starts to say, whoa, slow down. And and this morning I got up, did a really, uh, did a, um, I'm doing a lot of paddle training now because we're, we will hopefully have some paddleboard races here on the Carolina coast towards the end of the year, uh, hopefully. And so I'm trying to make sure I'm staying in good shape. But, you know, Becky, I can tell you it's so hot and humid here right now. I mean, it's in the upper 90s as it's far nuts. as, you know, yeah, and, and, the, and both, both, you know, characters. So we're looking at Fahrenheit 90s and humidity in the 90s. And it's really important because this morning I'm doing a hard, I'm doing a, well, it's not really a time trial, but I'm doing a race pace. I'm doing a little over four miles at race pace. So that's a that's a good honest effort, and I'll tell you, I hit the two mile turnaround, and so suddenly I I you know, and you catch yourself, Becky, you start to have those negative thoughts creeping in from the edges, and it's like, dude, just slow down. What's the point? You you had a great first out, right? You know, my half I go out and back, so your out was great. So dude, just coast in, and that was a signal for me to start drinking, right? Yeah. Because I realized I'm behind on hydration, and honestly, I probably took the next five minutes really drinking, you know, just taking down water from the Camelback, um, and then, wow, got a second wind, right? Amazing yeah. how that works. So if you're in your day, and you're feeling down, you're feeling crushed by all the pressure of your colleagues and clients, drink, drink water, you know? I guess that sounds funny. Don't, don't drink like scotch. That's, I that's was for, like, yes, that's, that's different. Answer your problems. Drink <laughs> <laughs> away. And Becky, that's been another thing. I'll be honest with you. When this whole lockdown started, I think a lot of Americans, at least I can speak for myself, it kind of became this like pity party. Like, you know, it's like I'm going to lock myself in my closet with a bottle of scotch. And so there was this period of time, the first couple of weeks where I'll tell you, you know, Laura and I every night were like, I got to have a glass of wine. And we quickly realized, wow, we can't persist in this. But you know what? A lot of Americans are continuing to, to probably drink more alcohol, which has direct impact not only on your nutrition and your sleep, but it also affects your emotions. Yeah, it's... it's Sorry. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> it's everything. I just, I'm going to be a real hypocrite to say anything, but yep. <laughs> Well, <laughs> like and, and so, so what we've done, so, so Laura and I have really made some, we, so, so this is all March when this is all unrolling and, and we kind of realized, whoa, okay, we are, we are drinking every night. You know, we are having a couple of glasses of wine. My sleep scores are going off the rails. I'm feeling terrible. I'm feeling sluggish and just not myself. My, you know, I don't have the creativity and energy that I need to have. Right. And, and also this is quite frankly affecting my immune system. So a couple of weeks in, you know, Laura and I kind of looked at each other and said, this has got to stop. And so we've gone to now a pattern of, and I'll just be honest with you, viewfinders. I mean, we're all family here. You know, look, no alcohol during the week, right? So yeah. Friday. That's yeah. what we try to do. Right. <laughs> I like the emphasis on try. We'll let that slip by. <laughs> but but if you're out there, viewfinders, I want to know if you've ad- tried to adopt to these kind of things, because it's really easy during these times to sort of bury yourself in in a sedative you know, and go, oh, my day was so hard. Pour me another one, baby. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It does It does create that habit. And so, like, for me, I'm kind of like, well, we're only drinking on the weekends. But, like, Fridays and Mondays count, right? Because, like, they touch the weekend. They're part of it. So it's a solid Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday cut off. <laughs> it's a Friday, Saturday thing, maximum. But, you know, again, and, and the other thing, too, is just if when you do choose to imbibe whatever your poison <laughs> preference is, uh, you know, you really want to be careful because – there's been some recent reports that show binge drinking during the pandemic is just 
off the charts, you know, by adult Americans. Uh, and so, you know, if you're going to have a couple of glasses of wine, that's fine. If you're going to have six glasses of wine, maybe not so good for your liver, right? So, sorry, Becky. Also, milk thistle. I mean, we can, everything's a balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. And it's a depressant. And again, it does go back to your sleep. And again, the caloric intake and the, cal- the calories right. and the sugar. I mean, I know a lot of us are out there doing White Claws, um, vodkas, things that are trying to keep the sugar down. But at the same time, too, you know, um, it is easy to just lean into the things that kind of create instant feeling better and then long term feeling crappy. So I think part of this whole conversation, it, it comes down to mindfulness. Like, just don't get caught up in the sweep of emotions, the sweep of memes, the sweep of how everyone's dealing with this. Just don't lose yourself in it. Just take your time to say, how do I actually feel and what is making me feel better and what is making me feel worse and how can I identify it and then, you know, cope with it, manage it um, and build resiliency against it. Right. And that self-awareness that Becky just described, that is the first step towards owning it. So now when you have self-awareness like, gosh, I'm feeling like crap. Then you need to rewind and say, what may have prompted or led me to feel this way, right? And you can't just blame the world around us as easy as that may be, but you have to say, did I eat? Did I sleep? Did I drink too much? Did I exercise? And and those are really, I think, the tenets. And once you start to realize, wow, those things that I can control impact how I feel today, that's when you start to really take control of your life, in my opinion. At least that's been my experience. And I'm knocking on the door of 54. Um, So let's now spin into the next aspect of how you can strengthen your mental fortitude against crappy clients and trying to stay happy. And as Becky has now coined it as as crappy 2020. Uh, And that is aerobic activity. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people, I'm even hesitant now, Becky, to say exercise, right? Because I think it can have negative connotations and it primes people towards thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to go suffer or whatever. But we're really talking about aerobic activity, you need at least 20 minutes a day to reset all the three major neurotransmitters. That's this solid science over the past 30 years. So I would encourage everybody to, I say, start your day with a small victory. And so for me, that's typically getting up and doing some kind of exercise. But Becky, you know, what are some of the ways, I mean, it's walking, it's walking your dog, but you really need to get that, if you can get that sustained 20 minutes of aerobic activity, which isn't hard that really changes everything. Okay. So for me, this is about finding what you like to do because so for one thing, as a technician, I know for me, it it was like, I I thank you, but no, I'm not going to come home and walk because I was on my feet for the last 17 hours and I walked nine miles across the hospital. But we know that that's not the sustained aerobic activity you need, but it's not going to be something that I want to come home and do. So you really, really have to find what does it for you. Um, For me, I love rowing. So um, because I love kayaking and I can't do that every single day, I have a rowing machine. Um, And I went to play it again sports and I got it for like $45. So this isn't even a matter of like, well, sure, I can't afford $600 equipment. There's no excuses. There's always something out there. Go to Facebook Marketplace, whatever. There's used stuff everywhere. And Becky, um, use, use sporting goods is like a huge market. If you want to, yes. if you want to, well, like you can right? always find a great treadmill yeah. at a bargain price somewhere. But like, if you like biking, get a bike, you know, and, and re in touch with that part of yourself. If you love water aerobics, I mean, it's just that I think for a lot of people that like you said, they have a negative connotation about it because they're, 
suffering through something they don't love. But like, if you like to dance, go Zumba. If you like to kick the patootie out of things, do boxing, like find your jam. And I think that's what people don't always do. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more, Becky. It is so important because, you know, we, and, and, and really what, what the Ward family does, we kind of built our life around the things that we enjoy. You know, Laura loves gardening, you know, so we continue to build up our yard and she has all kinds of beautiful, not only, you know, vegetables, but, you know, she has all kind of, uh, like flowers and stuff. I'm, I'm not a gardener, as you can tell. But, you know, then we also have an area where I can put, you know, my paddle boards and I can go, you know, it's in my backyard. So, so we feel really fortunate, but you find the things that you're passionate about and then you build your life around that. I mean, you know, back when I was doing, you know, the 15 years of competitive Ironman, you know, Becky, I just had the thing dialed in where it was super easy. And part of that was, was just having a bike trainer. I put my bike on a, back in that day, you know, we didn't really have all these fancy computer trainers, but it was just a spin. You put your back wheel in and you just kind of got on the bike and you could do it anytime, regardless of weather. Um, another thing that I do, uh, you know, certainly I love Peloton and I think that's a great tool, especially if you like to be motivated by live classes or watching the leaderboard. You know, I just like, I like the badges. I'll be honest with you. I like getting yeah. all the medals, you know, every yeah, month I sure. get a gold medal. So <laughs> I like that, that stuff motivates me, but it also, you know, uh, a walking treadmill, one of the best investments I made when they first came, started really getting popular about 10 years ago was a walking treadmill. So my desk, you know, where I do all my writing, uh, is, is set up. So I'm walking at a 1.8 mile per hour pace over the weekend. I had to write a lecture and Becky, you know, I was on that thing for six hours, you know, and at 1.8 miles, I mean, you do the math, I was walking over you know, almost 10 miles. And so that really adds up as well. So I'm trying to do things in my life, my daily life that encourages me to keep active, moving, you know, in a very, I think, thoughtful, meaningful fashion. Yeah. As soon as I started working from home, I got a treadmill desk as well. And that's, I mean, it's awesome. For the majority of our folks, they're on their feet all day. And I think that can be a big, a big part of it for, um, the difficulty in finding what they enjoy and what they love, because it's, again, it isn't, it may be as accessible or it feels like it's hard to make time. But if you find something you really enjoy and, and um, the other part of this is is something you kind of mentioned in terms of the Ironman is it's really important to have a, a network outside of our right. work and our veterinary people. And um, when we can find if you like, you know, maybe you like mountain biking, maybe you like hiking. There are so many community groups and activity groups out there. Um, meetup.com is one of the the like full-on activity group meetup sites that there is something for everyone, whether you line dance, whether you polka, I don't care what you do. There's people out there who do it too, and that's their thing. And it's really, really healthy to build a uh, a network of friends and outlets that have nothing to do with your day to day. Yeah, and and again, just back to the Peloton commercial for a second. One of my coworkers, she uh, is also now a very big Peloton disciple. I, I try to tell as many people about it because I do think it's a good value if if this is something you know that that you enjoy. Uh, but you know, she is part of. There's all these little spinoff groups, Becky, like you say, and so like they they say, hey, we're going to meet at this class, you know, this day at this time and it keeps them motivated. And when they miss a class, you know, there's like 15 text messages. Hey, is everything okay? Or whatever. That external support system is so critical. I mean, back, you know, Ironman people always say, gosh, well, that's like the most isolating, solitary pursuit. And it is. And that's part of the appeal to me. I love like this morning, I love nothing more than being out for an hour, hour and a half by myself in the ocean or in the waterways, paddling my 
fanny off, right? Like I love that kind of suffering. That's just me. But having said that, then there's a whole network that you tie into. And the Iron Man family is really, you know, a lot more connected than people give it credit for. And sure, back in the day, that was all virtual on slow twitch. And we had a, a website with a forum. And it was just great because you would go up there and talk about your day or ask questions or whatever. And I think, Becky, that kind of, you already mentioned accountability partners. That is super important when it comes to keeping you on track with your physical activity. Oh, yeah. It's it's just nice to have somebody out there who's like, you can do this and, and just putting it into words and again, being accountable. So when next Monday, she's like, how did the water go? And it doesn't make me feel bad if I say not awesome, but it's just kind of being accountable to yourself and accountable. It's you, There's just so much proof that you do better and you stick to things better when you have another person in your life working toward that goal. Absolutely. Okay. So now we've covered certainly restorative sleep, nutrition, hydration, activity. And I will say the last thing I really want to talk about today, Becky, um, is maybe the most important. And that is our relationships. Because I think if you're dealing with crappy work conditions, crappy clients, crappy stress of crappy 2020 from COVID-19, then you're, the relationships you surround yourself with are so important. Now, we've touched on this throughout this entire discussion today, Becky, and I think the viewfinders probably see where we're headed with this. But honestly, you know, the people that we are living with right now probably have the most impact on our ability to withstand client yelling. Am I right? I mean, I guess. I think everybody <laughs> takes it differently. I think it's totally unfair. I think it's totally intolerable. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we come home and unload on the people close to us, right? And so I feel like we're like pent up in this situation. We've talked right. so much about get a therapist because like in, right now we're just like stuck living not stuck. I mean, I married him, but you know, we're like stuck living with these people all day, every day, all the time. And you get each other full time and it's a little bit too much and it can become like a dumping ground. Right. Right. And that especially is, in a time we can't turn around and go do fun things. Right. Like, so we can't exactly. even turn the adventures on and get rid of the dump. It's just like the dump and then the drink and then the sit right. and then the cycle. So you really have to literally make a mental, physical, emotional effort to break it up. Absolutely. And Becky, that's, that's the whole, that's my biggest worry during this pandemic is the fact that we are, now isolated, our social networks have largely been broken or certainly, you know, somehow disrupted. And so that those close relationships, the people that we are pinned up with, as you said, I love that, you know, that they really are having this terrific impact because if they buoy you up, if you can come home and unload and they, they make you feel better, that's going to help you the next day. However, if you come home and unload and they don't want to hear it or they feed in the negativity, that can make things worse. That and also like I find, you know, my sister is one of my number one go to's, you know, my mom, my family network. But like my sister has two kids and right now she has to figure out how to be a stay at home mom and teach over Zoom and do her job. And I think we also are just so bogged down with additional things, uh, other additional responsibilities in our lives that we're now doing differently or that we have to take care of that we didn't have to take care of. That You know, there are just a lot of moms and dads out there or business owners out there who are just 
working really hard to take care of things they never had to do before. And it's it's the sacrificed time is them. Yeah. And I love that. You know, we had Julie Squires on not too long ago talking about the stress and so forth. And she's a therapist that specializes in working with vets. And, you know, Becky, I love the fact that you're you're so open and willing to to say, hey, look, you know what? I get it. I might need to talk to somebody outside of my normal network or comfort zone. And so if you're out there struggling and you don't have that positive relationship in your life, then talk to people like Julie Squires. I mean, she is well, she's maybe too busy right now, but but this is what these people are trained to do. They're experienced in helping. And, I, and I'll tell you, Becky, talk therapy is so effective. And it's sometimes you just need somebody to go, hey, this lady really lit into me today, or my boss really is asking me to do things I'm not comfortable about, or whatever those situations are. Sometimes just talking through it in a positive fashion, boy, that makes all the difference in the world. Um, I'm like, well, I have three. So yes. And for me, you know, honestly, the thing about it is, I guess this is what I want to say to you guys the most. You only have the tools you have and you don't know what you don't know. So as cliche as that is, a lot of times when you're going to, oh, I don't know the experts for the same reason we want people to come to us as the experts. They have a whole nother box of tools for you to learn, to cope, to feel better, to to let things out and to to make like literally your life better. And I think we're resistant as patients and I think we're resistant to self-care and I think we put ourselves last. And um, the whole point of this, you know, just come full circle is just like you can't, you're going to be a better person if you're not pouring from an empty cup. Wow. Viewfinders, I love this discussion. We really want to hear how you're coping. How are you staying covid happy during this time you know what are you doing to get rest and exercise and hydration and nutrition who are you talking to to build you up after a tough day at work we really want to hear from you that's right you can find us on social media you guys know where that is we're, all we're on twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on facebook or instagram at veterinary viewfinder you can also download us and listen and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast please take a few minutes to give us some stars leave some feedback it really helps us to get out in front of the rest of our profession and we hope you are staying safe and sane and we hope maybe some of this advice will help you find a little bit of happiness during this crazy time and you know what sometimes becky it's just okay turn off the news turn off the computer turn off the instagram <laughs> Just get a positive book and just sit and chill sometimes. Maybe that's but make all sure you need. vote. <laughs> make sure you vote. That's a whole nother. <laughs> we'll be covering that. Viewfinders, stay safe. Give your pets a hug for me. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.